Welcome to episode 68 of The Roger Snipe Show. Thank you for tuning in to The Roger Snipe Show. The aim of each episode is to leave you feeling more informed than when you started. You can expect a vast array of subjects from functional medicine to economic developments. Each week, I'll be interviewing experts in different fields to bring you an awesome show. The Rod 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 Roger Snipes Show. Yo, what's going on, peeps? Thanks for returning back to the Roger Snipes Show. I think I need to change that intro. The amount of times I say Roger Snipes Show is a bit nuts, isn't it? <laughs> Anyways, today, today's guest, who is it? It is Dr. Mohammed. Enayat. I think that's the way you say his surname. Um, Enayat. Yes, Dr. Mo Enayat. I just, I'm just so used to calling him Mo. And um, we were supposed to set up this podcast ages ago. Um, we, we've set up one before. We've had one before and it was really good. And we decided let's do it again. And um, I wanted to cover some stuff around COVID-19 and building an, a robust immune system and just learn a bit more as to what he has been up to, um, you know, during the whole pandemic season, basically. You know, what's he been doing? How his business has been affected, what he's been doing in the meantime. And yeah, just a bit of a catch up. And Mo is such, he's such a cool guy, such a cool guy, such a smart guy, but at the same time, Talking with him is almost like, just like one of the lads, just meet up and just like, you know, how you doing, bro? He's like one of those, but at the same time, super smart with it. You know, he's, um, his previous background, he used to be a, a general practitioner. So, you know, your, your typical local doctor, um, you know, finding out all your symptoms and then uh, letting you know exactly uh, what are the next steps from there. But I think what he's done now in setting up his own biohacking facility, his own, you know, wellness um, uh, clinic uh, gives him more tools to play with, more toys to play with. It, it, like his clinic is absolutely incredible. It's, it's really amazing. But um, so Mo himself, he is pretty much one of the world's top micro surgeons and human optimization experts. Um, yeah, his, his true passion is the intersection between technology and medicine. He's the co-founder of LMS Wellness, developed by the brand's pioneering wellness program, drawing on his experience studying diverse treatments and methodologies around the world. He is a board member of the Children of World Foundation, an organization that enables surgical relief missions in war-torn countries all around the world. He has traveled to Haiti, Jordan, and Iraq on missions for COWF. Let's bring on Dr. Mohammed Enayat.
are recording. How you doing, my friend? I'm very good, Roger. How are you? I'm good. I'm great, man. We are back once again. When was the last time we recorded? We once don't have... again with the Renegade Master. <laughs> <laughs> um, when did we last record? We last recorded. It's probably coming up to about eight months, nine months. I feel like it was just when COVID was kicking off. Yeah. April, May. Um, we had two stabs at it, and uh, I think. I can't yeah. remember, but yeah, it was, we had some great conversation and sorry, it's been so long to get back on board, man. It's happened. Apologize. Hey, no worries at all. What have you been up to uh, during this whole situation? I know a lot of people are, I don't know, like working remotely, some people unable to work, some businesses have shut down. Um, yeah. So what about yourself? How has that been going? A fascinating journey for me, man. I mean, coming up to just before COVID, um, we I split off LMS and created LMS Health from my old brand. Um, and then COVID came along and um, that was pretty intense. You know, we're in uh, bricks and mortar location in prime, prime London, so real expensive rental real estate. And so we had to really navigate that. So it was a tough period and... Um, cut back the hedges and um, re-strategize, work on the re and delivery models to, to clients of the services that we're delivering. Um, yeah, fascinating time, fascinating few months. And, um, and uh, it's nice as a small business to be able to be nimble. We created like some really amazing content around immunity at that time, mm. pushed through creating my supplement brand. I was working with some supplements uh, for the last couple of years with, with an American manufacturer and um, and uh, we, we pushed that through uh, with, uh, with with COVID coming along as best as we could. Um, and, um, and then, yeah, then we went through this period like July, August, September, we started to get a bit of normality back in London. If you remember, summer seemed to be, you know, there's some good times in summer as well. Yeah. And so like business started to regain itself a little bit. And then that was July, August. And I had to rebuild a new team by that point and retrain and um, and look at all my operating manuals and systems and things like that. And then uh, and then I managed to get some time away, which is really important. I managed to take my parents away to Turkey. A lot of people thought I was crazy, but you know, I did it in the safest manner as possible. I'm glad I got to spend that time with them. Went somewhere really beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, um, and uh, then we got back in September, October was good, um, and the, November the the second wave in London started to come back and uh, I decided to get away. So I went to Brazil for a couple of weeks <laughs> Nice. and, and uh, managed to get some me time in like deep in nature in Brazil, a place called Ubatuba, highly recommend it. Um, and uh, got back in early December and I've been working actually on creating a new brand um, that we're, you know, haven't that we're, we're launching soon. Um, in a, in a, probably a few weeks, the, the kind of pre-launch is happening. Um, and that's all about um, communicating healthcare differently, you know, like helping people understand um, wherever they're at in their journey of health, at one end disease, at the other end, high athletic performance, helping them un, you know, ha understand how to navigate um, the health and wellness world from a kind of health, health perspective. Mm -hmm. um yeah so we've been working on that that's that's going to be cool i'm looking forward to that 
Um, I'm actually for the first time yesterday started to get a buzz about it in a weird way. Like up to now, it didn't, you know, it was obviously working towards it as a team, but for some reason yesterday it started to feel really real and like get to that like pre-launch buzz, you know, like I don't know when you're launching something and then like a few weeks before you start to have that buzz. So yeah, that, that hit me yesterday. I was like, yeah, this is happening. <laughs> uh, it's a great time to speak to you, bro. Um, awesome, man. That's it, man. It's been, you know, it's been a great, it's been a great year in many ways, like been a tough year in many ways, introspection, family time, love time, love people time, like friends, you know, spending time with, on things that matter, reflecting on what matters, you know, a lot of, yeah. a lot of that's been happening. Yeah. I think a lot of us has needed to do that really. And I, some of us has probably happened naturally too. And some of us has kind of forced us to think, you know, proactively on situations and yeah, appreciate a lot. So I hear you there. So you'd mentioned you'd been working on um, a different model to your business on um, what is it like a new approach to fitness or to make uh, the model of fitness easier for people to understand? How exactly have you done this? Right. It's more on, it's more to do with uh, rather than the physical side fitness, it's more to do with like, the the health the systems within us the biology within us mm-hmm. um and trying to trying to professionalize and medicalize health where you define health as a state of vitality all right so what i mean by that is instead of traditional healthcare being delivered around disease states which we know is excellent at doing you know managing diseases mm-hmm. uh, once you get the disease um it's not very good at understanding and delivering care around preventing disease and optimizing your state. So you have the best energy, mood, sleep, focus, digestion, immunity, etc. Yeah. So um, that's, that's what we mean. And helping people understand that they can achieve these things and what to look for, when to look for, how to, how to look, how to look after their gut and how important digestion is, and what they should do every now and again to improve the health of their gut lining, what they should look out for, why should they do detoxification, why is that important every now and again, um, and the diff- and, uh, and and other things, you know, like looking at the health, looking at health as a, as the, uh, as a, from an engineering perspective, and then communicating that easily for people to understand. Um, I think that's good. And yeah, important. so it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's less about kind of fitness. We're not really focused on the physical side. Um, we're really just focused more on the kind of problem side, like, you know, the way people might feel, you know. And, uh, and if you think of all of the things that you might go to your doctor for, but you're like, actually, my doctor's not going to know, you know. Like if you, uh, my, your mood's a bit off, you're a bit more irritable, you're not sleeping as well. Um, but you feel like there's something not right, you know, that's where, that's where we're at. What are the data points we've got? What are the systems and processes within us producing those? And what are the kind of biological data points we can look at? You know, what are the important blood tests? What are the important urine tests? Um, what are the important hormone tests? And how does that all fit in? And other tests like organic acid, some of the stuff you may have heard about speaking to others like metabolomics and how does it all fit in? Yeah, and, and we've been working really hard to, to be able to create a system where we say, all right, what is, the, what is the Maslow's triangle of need? What is the hierarchy of need of the human body to produce optimal health and vitality? 
right? You start at the foundation. What is the foundational health, right? That's your micronutrient absorption. That's your, and delivery. That's your hormones and the balance of your hormones. That's your um, full blood count immunology markers, et cetera, et cetera. So we came out with, okay, these are the markers important for foundational health. Then you want to go to the next stage, which is still very important. How, how do you identify and optimize your digestive tract? Then we go into the next stage, your metabolomics, you know, how you're taking food and making energy, whether you're in this kind of adaptive state to be super responsive to make energy or where you're sluggish making energy and it's just going into storage into pro-inflammatory fat. And then you go into your kind of endocrine balance. Then you go into environmental influences. And as you go up, you know, most of the people will only need the bottom three, right? Mm-hmm. They'll feel a difference from just working on the foundational level. But as you go up in need, um, like high performance, longevity athletes, you're going to want those little 1% more additional gains. Then you start looking at heavy metal exposures, genetics, et cetera. You know, you don't start with that stuff. You start with the foundation. So we've been trying to make sense of it, mm-hmm. put it into practice with our patients. Um, and the nice thing is when you take people through this programmatic approach, they, it's a journey. You know, it's not like, okay, let's just do a hundred a thousand tests on you, a thousand markers, and we make these recommendations. Mm. See you when, whenever you want. You know, it doesn't work like that. That prescriptive model doesn't work. It's about hand-holding people through a journey. Cool, let's fix these couple of things. Touch base with you in a couple of weeks. See how that's getting on. Support you to make those changes. And if that doesn't work, we'll you know, re-strategize. And then the next month, we'll start working on digestion. And the next month, we'll start working on um, uh, the other things. Make sense? so that's been cool it's been cool to develop that programmatic way out because ultimately you know we want to be recruiting other practitioners doctors health practitioners um, to be to to see a way of delivering this that isn't just like okay and a way to educate other people to to deliver this Um, and to do that you know we have to be developing these kind of programs that come with their you know patterns that we recognize with the related interventions and then you can make it, then you can teach people how to deliver it. So that's been cool. You know, we've been piloting all these education programs in-house with creating our own, um, we call them health geniuses, okay. right? That Yeah, they start as like superstar nutritionists in their own right. But then we further train them up in um, this kind of advanced testing, how to interpret wearables, behavior change models, so that they can actually enable behavior change and help people take control control of their environment to influence their biology we haven't cracked the mindset stuff or the fitness stuff yet um and it's you know like we, we work with you know and but there is a you know, massive need and there's a lot of people doing this amazing stuff like yourself on on mindset and we do refer people you know to to kind of um to, to listening to uh, some of the amazing messages you're, you're putting out and others are putting out in fitness and uh, mindset yeah so that's 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 us that's what we've been doing and now what we're going to be launching with the new brand, um, watch this space, um, is is uh, basically um, an online version to be to make us accessible, to make it more accessible, to make this knowledge more accessible. Um, and we're also, you know, launching. Uh, if people can't do the testing, then through that same hierarchy approach of health, um, how they can do little supplements. Like what are the important foundational supplements? Do I need to take them? Okay, go through some questions online, work out if you need to take them. Okay, these are one or two we recommend for your foundational, for your digestive optimization. Do I need that? Okay, let's ask some questions. Okay, yeah, you look like you've got signs of leaky gut. 
looks like you might have signs of ABC. Why don't you try one, two, three for a little four to six weeks and see how you get on. Oh, it looks like you might have some adrenal fatigue. You're a bit tired and wired, you know, from the symptoms that you're describing. Some of these patterns are very, you know, like you see them a lot and increasingly. And so for the common stuff, common stuff is common. We are supporting through, not you don't need to test directly. You can use some safe supplement strategies and just to make it more accessible, affordable for people to, to be diving into these kind of approaches. Yeah. That's so great. it's, it, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and it's, it's, it's been five, six years in the making, you know, I've been piloting it on patients. We've worked with about 300 patients through this deep data-driven approach for the last few years with the mindset of always, look, you know, I want to be able to create support with my team and create a system that helps people navigate through this on a journey. Healthcare is always best as delivered as a journey rather than interventions. Um, and so, yeah, so that's kind of uh, more about us. Yeah. That's really cool, man. That's really cool. And, and the sheer fact that you break it down so it's nice and easy for the patient to understand as well. They understand the reason why they're, they're, they're taking certain measures or certain precautions and, you know, taking them through a, a journey in the right systematic approach is is really important and also having everybody on your team um singing from the same hymn sheet you know you all have uh, an understanding on the system you know how it works at at your um at your facility that's really cool man i like that um i remember i was working with a client on mindset and he was suffering from depression for like eight years and he was um he was taking antidepressants for between eight to nine years and he decided to come off it and to cut a long story short i had a chat with him and i learned that the food that he was eating was the main problem and also the sleep his sleep was completely off he was sleeping at early hours of the morning and he was eating junk food uh most of the time so i understood that if you're going to be eating junk food all the time that's going to be affecting your mood always and you know it's going to have a cascading effect onto other stuff and uh, so we looked into his sleep and we looked into more nutrient dense high mineral content foods and uh that was the main thing other things we could fix around it but the, the, these were the main things. And I thought to myself, why wouldn't a doctor look into that? Why would you pres prescribe someone drugs right. when you don't just ask some basic questions? Right. You know, that these, these are the fundamentals. And I think you'd mentioned about, you know, certain doctors not following or going through, they're, they're, not, they're not experts on nutrition, but I don't, I don't even think you need to be a nutritionist to to think of that in all fairness um but uh, it it really surprises me you know that some doctors can be like okay what well, all right this sounds like you have this <laughs> take this drug so what you're doing there is is really amazing i really yeah, like roger i mean look I, I, worked, I was a gp i worked in inner city london in tower hamlets and you know i, I i've done i've done I went, I've done a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of NHS time and I've been through that system. And 
they doctors in their traditional health system do some phenomenal work and that system the way it's designed is fantastic at adopting innovations that happen in the in and around diseases that's why we have cutting edge um, supportive or treatments for you know a lot of disease states and a lot of disease pathology however what we haven't yet developed out and what we haven't yet adopted is looking at a person as a whole you know even our traditional primary care which is family physician medicine has evolved back in the day it used to be that family doctor knew you inside out yeah you you and so they will be able to put put this jigsaw of you together much more easily now it's a lot more fragmented the care is delivered around 10 15 20 minute consultations maybe you're lucky you can have double appointments and but it's focused around organs and organs and what we're taught and it's not the doctor's fault it's the the way we're educated um we're taught healthcare based around diseases and how to manage those diseases so you come in roger you present with low mood yeah you're saying i'm depressed i'm tearful haven't abc we go through some classifications of symptoms criteria with you and we say okay yeah your textbook depressed okay what are our treatment methodologies do we need to do any testing number one yeah we might do a little bit of thyroid testing maybe do your vitamin d now you know might might look at a full blood count some basic testing if nothing comes up on that we will offer you psychotherapy but it depends how how far progressed obviously there's different types of depression um, and different levels of severity and how much is impacting you. I'm not discounting that. You know that is really holistically thought about at keeping you safe. The traditional system is great at, 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 as a safety net. And then it would say, okay, what is the nice guidance? What is the guidance for us to be able to practice within? What can we offer you from there? And we have a toolkit that is to- we're told that we can use in terms of testing and therapeutics for you, for everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we're treating people not as an individual, we're treating them as a regression of the curve of the population. Right. So we're treating you like every other, like as if you were an average of the population. A 90 or 70, 80, 60, 15, 25. Yeah. And we're trying to keep you safe is the way it's, is the approach rather than looking. Let's look at the other way. What are the processes that go on within our biology to produce mood? What affects our mood? Okay, serotonin production, dopamine, neurotransmitters. Okay, where are those produced in the gut? Uh, Serotonin, we now know, is massively produced in the gut. What's related to that? Oh, probiotics and microbiome, massively, digestion. What else is related to mood? Energy production. Okay, cool. Because, you know, if you don't have any energy, what is one of the major symptoms of classifying depression is apathy and lack of energy. Slightly two different things, but definitely lack of energy. Energy comes from the nutrients and how we take our food and absorb them, like you were saying, you know, getting the right nutrients in and making sure they're delivered around our body, making sure that we're moving and stuff like that. So all of those things come into play, come into play, right? So when you start to look at the processes that produce mood, rather than just classifying mood and its severity, you're looking at two different ways of looking at you. Now I can attach, in the second way, I can now attach a lot more biomarkers to the processes that produce mood. So we'll be looking at your gut, we'll be looking at your di- you know, digestive, your microbiome, we're going to be looking at your neurotransmitters, um, we're going to be looking at um, your micronutrients that you're getting in. And then we're going to start to think about 
all right, you're, you're, if you're not sleeping very well, like you said, absolutely very important, you're not going to have the energy, right? Because you haven't rested. So we're going to be looking at your sleep, diving into that. Are you going into deep restorative sleep or are you staying very light sleep? What's happening there? Why is that? What can you do in your environment to make sure you get better sleep, to get better nutrition? And is there any data points we can look at? Is there anything you can learn from about yourself from the advancements in technologies like this, like this Ura ring, for example? You know, you know, we all got one of those or um, exactly, boom. Um, yeah, exactly. But, you know, this, how useful has it been for you and for me to have the Ura ring to look at our own data and say, wow, look, I'm not sleeping that great. And yesterday I did ABC and that's probably why, you know, and you learn, you self-learn. And then suddenly you're supporting people to become, you know, empowering people, moving people away from saying that old mindset we all grew up in where you outsource your health to the health system. But the health system is not ready for you. You know, the health system is only ready for you if you're sick. <laughs> yeah. you, you outsource your sickness to the health system. You don't outsource your health because the health, the health system doesn't have the answers to produce optimal health. They have the answers when you're sick. Yeah. And so, you know, now it's been great in the last five to 10 years. There is, you know, especially in the last couple of years, a realization, a dawning. And everyone should be reflecting on this. Why in one of the most developed countries in the world are we seeing COVID in so bad in the UK. Why is it so bad? Is it because we have one of the highest obesity rates in the world? Is it because ABC? Lots of lots of lots of questions, right? Mm -hmm. Our health system isn't designed to keep us healthy, if that makes sense, right? Yeah. And um, and that's not the physician's fault. It's just the way they're trained and the way the system is delivered. Yeah. And yeah. And they're very, and um, I'm just, you know, speaking to, I was on another podcast earlier and I was just saying the same thing. It was just like, I feel so blessed to be able to, as a physician, practice freely mm -hmm. within reason. Yeah. To say to my patients, okay, this is the testing I would recommend and why. This is the therapies that I think would be beneficial according to the evidence that hasn't yet been adopted into traditional healthcare, but definitely has a role. And to see and to hold them through a journey and to spend like an hour and a half with them and have my team at, have, give them a dedicated health coach that works with them. You know, that I've been so blessed to have been able to create that and see that and try that on people and develop it out and say, this needs to be out there more, man. Like, you know, mm. that's why, that is why I'm focused on the system because mm. that is why I want to be able to almost say to the, and as we're doing, we're talking to professors within the traditional health system and the, the, some of the decision makers there and saying, hey, guys, look, you know, OK, this innovation didn't happen in the NHS. Very difficult to be disruptive within the NHS. It's a kind of massive system. You know, I was a Dazi fellow, which means that um, I was one of the uh, it was a fellowship program where they take doctors that are very interested in being leaders within the health system because I wanted to influence the health system. I wanted yeah. to change the way it was, support the way it was delivered to make it more innovative and respond to people's health needs. And, you know, I was doing pretty cool projects like connecting up Pentaville Prison to Whittington, working with expert diabetes patients to help them be the caregivers for the other newly diagnosed diabetes. So the education comes from someone who's an expert themselves because they've been living with it, right? Yeah. Some amazing little initiatives. But 
it's an overtaxed system. It's very difficult to get people to innovate and adopt innovations in there. And thereafter, that's when I, I really carried on down my own path um, and um, having qualified as a GP and said, you know what, let's, let's see if we can, let's see if I, you know, I can adopt innovations and interesting things and study functional medicine and apply it safely on a subset of patients that don't have disease states. So we're not playing, not risking anything with them. Yeah. Um, and seeing if it works super in a supervised way. And yeah, so our big mission is ultimately to support in the evolution of medicine so that we can support in the creation and shifting of medicine to be from disease state to include, include pre-disease state, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. right? And that is our big, big mission and big, big motivation. That's what keeps us going and, you know, and, uh, and uh, that's like the five, 10 year, 20 year plan. Well, that's cool, man. That's really cool. Really good. What's your thoughts on, okay, let's say um, you have a, a asymptomatic person who has no signs of COVID-19. Um, you know, you just live a normal life. And then you have some people who, they get all the symptoms and, and you know, right. they're, great, they're great burning question. and, you great know, question, yeah. they need to go to hospital. Great question. Mm. Why? The answer the question is yeah. why, yeah? Yeah. yeah right, why? Why? Okay. So two things. Number one is viral load. So how much virus that person is exposed to and um, into their respiratory tract will dictate um, how much symptoms they get. So that's one of the factors to consider. So if I get it off you, you've got no symptoms, most likelihood is I'm gonna get it with no symptoms or mild symptoms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the most likely. How if you're sneezing away and you've got slightly more of the virus within your respiratory tract and I catch more of that, I'm more likely to develop similar symptoms and maybe if not worse symptoms than you. Yeah, makes sense. Right. And that's why, that's, why, um, that's why the measures are in place to social distance and et cetera, et cetera, because it's about the viral load slowly increasing as the number of people that have it, asymptomatic or otherwise, increase in a, in a population. So that's one factor to consider. But the very important second factor is that in COVID-19 is that why do some people, say if we both had the same viral load, why do one person go on to develop more symptoms than the other? Yeah, exposed to the same amount of the virus. And this is all to do with your underlying immune system and your underlying immune response. Yeah. Now we have a natural immune system. It's always dealing with viruses, bacteria, fungi, parasites. You know, that's what we have within us, our white cells, our memory cell, our thymus gland, um, where it stores a lot of, uh, where it creates T cells, our bone marrow. We have all of these organs that are all the time self-regulating and cleansing our body from external pathogens, yeah? Sometimes they get tricked, right? And that's why you talk about food sensitivity and, and, and reactions to different things which drive inflammatory processes. Um, but the main thing to understand is that for some people, they drive a hyper-inflammatory response, yeah? They drive an inflammatory response to the virus and some people don't. Some people just treat it like a regular virus, get some cold flu-like symptoms, um, and then start their road to recovery. Some people start mounting an immune response and for some reason, their immune response is like, I can't deal with this, I'm gonna, I need to now mount a really strong inflammatory response throw off some nuclear bombs in, in there to try and nuke this virus, yeah? Right. And, and that's when 
for those people, they start to get the leakiness of their blood vessels that causes um, around the lungs, that causes fluid to seep out and compress their lungs, the lining of the airways to become thicker, like in a bit like in asthma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the air doesn't travel in and out as much. And that's why those people go on to need ventilatory support and oxygen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, yeah. Totally. Yeah. The question then becomes, why do some people get that more of that inflammatory response than others? Yeah. Okay. And we're seeing that there are commonalities in some people. Like we're seeing that some of the commonalities are the old age and the frail. Yeah. So they're more likely to get an immune res- um, an inflammatory response and it, and it takes them, you know, that's why a lot of the deaths among, amongst the elderly. Can you, can you say like when it's elderly, what sort of age are we looking at? I think the stats say like above 80, right? I think that's where, you know, that's where um, there's a, ma- a massive difference. But mm. beyond those, there are obviously people in their 40s, 50s, 60s uh, that have also passed away um, or been heavily impacted by, you know, I was talking to a guy in his 20s who calling me up for support while I was in hospital. And he, you know, he had this inflammatory response as well, right? Um, and And there are some underlying predisposing environmental factors how you've lived your life um, can impact your genes can impact switching on and off certain genes and i suspect that some of these pro-inflammatory pathways are switched on by the environments of these people whether it's exposure to types of foods that they've been eating pro, no, having pro-inflammatory fats a lot of white adipose tissue so obesity centripetal fat that sits around you that's pro-inflammatory centripetal fat centripetal it just basically means sitting around your abdomen oh oh, okay so it's not just visceral it's another type yes that exactly visceral is around your organs so yeah so that's that sits within your abdomen and then you got your kind of the the fat that sits in your belly or your abdomen that you can actually pinch right right and some (laughs) people and, and people have different types of fat distribution right so the yeah. people that have, sorry, I'm just adjusting my, my seat. So the people that have like um, a central fat deposition around the abdomen are known to, that body shape is known to be more pro-inflammatory, mm-hmm. yeah. have more pro, pro, pro-inflammatory uh, processes going on. And the other thing, people that have poor met- metabolism, right? So what I mean, what do I mean by metabolism? Metabolism is how you take food and make energy, right? So some people... If they're, you know, if they they're keeping their blood sugars high and they're not getting, a, they don't have good insulin sensitivity, then what happens? The insulin stays raised. Now, one of the most pro-inflammatory molecules in the body is insulin. It's one we create, but it drives inflammatory pathways. So all of these, some of these factors are definitely contributing to the likelihood to develop an inflammatory response. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now. Let's talk about that. Let's go a bit, little bit. I can stop anytime. Just tell me if I'm going off on a tangent. You keep going. You keep going. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, like you're, uh, you're, you're my guy. You're my shaman in this to tell me if people are going to be switching off or like you know this is going to this is interesting to, to to um to the follow to the listeners and the followers, right? Yeah. Um. So what was I saying? I was saying that metabolism. Okay. If you keep your blood sugar high, now what is the environment that keeps your blood sugar high? Why does your body keep your blood sugar high? Obviously, if you eat lots of blood sugar, oh, not blood sugar, but if you eat lots of simple carbohydrates or, um, you know, um, well, processed right. foods and, and sugars. Yeah, that's obvious, number one. 
mm-hmm. snacks, cereals, chocolate bars, crisps, all of that. If you eat that regularly, you're keeping your blood sugar high. Mm-hmm. Number two, your body can also create an environment where it thinks it needs to create blood sugar high, uh, keep your blood sugar high. Why? Because it thinks it needs energy. What are the environments that causes your body to trick your body to think it needs energy? Hmm. So tricks your body to things it needs energy. Um, well, I, I was saying stress, like maybe if you're scared or something. Or hundred percent. Yeah, it's directly related to the fight or flight response, mm. sympathetic nervous system activation, adrenal gland response. Okay, let's go explain that. Right. So if I, if biologically we're created to um, be able to run away from saber tooth tigers, you guys probably have all already heard this plenty of times. This kind of analogy. Um, but what happens when that happens it, we have this fight or flight response our adrenal glands that sit around our kidney produce things like cortisol adrenaline yeah and these are the things that cause our body and set of cascade of physiological reflexes or reflexes within our biology biology to keep us alert yeah blood pressure goes up um you know, we become we become more alert. We notice we're more alert. Um, energy, so the energy requirement goes up. So what happens? Your blood sugar rises, mm-hmm. and then your cells become more resistant temporarily to insulin. So your insulin rises as well because your insulin is like oh, your insulin pancreas like oh, blood sugar's up. I need to produce some insulin, but adrenal glands messengers are saying no. Yeah, you can stay. Insulin is fine to stay high. Cells just make the cells resistant to insulin. So you get some insulin resistance. Make sense? Right. So the insulin stays high, but insulin is pro-inflammatory. So in the short term, it's fine. How often are you going to be running from a saber-toothed tiger? Not too often, I would assume. <laughs> yeah, not down in like Battersea or something. You know what I mean? Like in, in reality. But yeah. that same pathway is activated, right? So much in modern life. Mm. And you, you've probably spoken about this at length on your podcasts. Um, with other speakers but you know it's just activated so much right like emails whatsapps notifications blue light synthetic lights now biology wasn't made for that right so now we're seeing these environments within this biology that are really coming out of imbalance that drive us towards this pro-inflammatory states um and and then you know it leads to a cascade because then you know you start storing fat as white adipose tissue, and that adipose tissue is pro-inflammatory as well. Sedentary lifestyles, um, you're tired. You become tired because you're wired all the time. So you're now in this tired and wired state. You take co- coffee to keep going and sugar, and you're drinking because you just want to relax. You know, and it's this kind of spiraling effect that's impacting your biology massively around making you more and more likely and taking you more and more down a path not just towards disease but towards like you know unfulfilled living ultimately right mm. Um, mm. Um, or temporary fulfillment um, from external sources right and the further away from actually if our biology was in homeostasis then everything around us can be in a lot more homeostasis as well we can deal with stuff better right. so a bit of a tangent we went on there but nope. that that there was good but inflammation is the new currency of healthcare and understanding the many things that drive inflammation because we're going to hear about it more and more like um, over the next five years, inflammation, how it's related to aging. We know that 
oxidative stress you would have heard about. Um, and that's why we create antioxidants. Everyone knows what an antioxidant is, things like vitamin C and our berries and da -da -da, what we eat. Why do we need antioxidants? To help remove oxidative stress, which is a natural process that goes on within us, but one of the, one of the mechanisms of aging. So that's one thing. And ultimately, it's how we process our external environment, whether it's like pollutants from our air or pollutants from our food, things that aren't God made. Yeah, process mm -hmm. things in our air or process things in our food. But we have mechanisms within us to support removing those processes, detoxification and uh, creation of antioxidants that help remove those. But if we overload the body, yeah, then those pathways can't do their job, right? They get tired and that, then those pollutants start causing damage to the linings of our blood vessels, which make it more likely for cholesterol to stick to those blood vessels mm. lining which puts us at risk of heart attacks and strokes and mini strokes that we don't even know that we've had, you know, a little blockage of blood and oxygen going to a certain area. You know, um, mm. that's what, does that make sense? So we've got yeah. that process that we need to think about. We, so there are things that you can do to identify those processes from in-depth testing, um, looking at um, advanced markers that we work with the lab in the US, the Cleveland Heart Lab in the US, because UK labs don't do this test yet that look at kind of your apoprotein E um, genotype, um, that look at whether your subfractions of cholesterol contain one of the most dangerous components, lipoprotein A or not. Um, so breaking down your cholesterol to understand your particular risk, understanding whether your genetics are manifesting or where you have a genetic risk to manifest. And that's more in our kind of longevity, working yeah. with the longevity client where we're trying to get them living healthier for a longer period of time by managing those risks a lot earlier um, because the, the common thing kill, common things kill us no doubt yeah I and mean, that's just food is common stuff <laughs> i was going to say um you'd mentioned just a moment ago ago about the antioxidants and how it's good for um i guess reducing oxidative stress what about those who might take a bit too much antioxidants what's what's the downside of of that because you know too much of something good is not good, obviously. Well, two things, like our body is um, a self-regulating machine, right? To some degree. And some of those processes need to be supported from time to time. If we're gonna be driving the car in rough terrain, you're gonna, you're gonna need, more, need more valeting, right? It's gonna need more cleaning, it's gonna need more servicing. Make sense? Mm -hmm. So if you're driving your car, your human body in highly polluted environments, whether it's a lot of travel, whether it's extreme sports, you know, a lot of kind of where a lot of tearing of those muscles, a lot of inflammation building up in those muscles regularly, repetitively, then you're more likely going to need some slightly higher uh, support of antioxidants. But that shouldn't be maintained forever, you know, because there is a risk of downregulating your own production of that. So it's about fine. It's about understanding. Okay, if you're going to upregulate. Um, your own production of antioxidants, how can you do that upstream rather than just taking things downstream? How do I encourage my own body to produce its own antioxidants in a healthier way? So we've used a therapy called ozone therapy. Yeah, I don't know if you've heard about it or had anyone speak about it on a podcast before. Um, I've heard, yeah, I think uh, the Dr. Scott Shaw mentioned it like months ago, but please yeah. go. Yes. Ozone is like, um, ozone is three particles of oxygen. Yeah. 
Um, and it's found in our ozone layer. It's very unstable in that form. So it comes down to our atmosphere and air is O2. But it's been found that if you, if I give you ozone, inject in ozone into your blood, O3, it dissociates, so it splits up into O2, regular oxygen, and single O, which is actually an oxidative stressor. We give you an oxidative stress, yeah, in, right. by, by that. And then your body detects it and starts to upregulate its own production of powerful antioxidants like glutathione, right? It starts mm -hmm. to upregulate its own production. So this is tapping into how you can put your body in through controlled stresses for a desired result so that it works upstream rather than me just giving you glutathione to take every day. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that glutathione orally doesn't have a role. I'm not saying that. But, you know, it shouldn't be a lifelong strategy. Can I ask, you say that, um, you know, I've heard many people say taking glutathione, liposone is, is, is good on a regular basis. Is that not good then? People to... uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just, you know, like my opinion is that if there's a way to increase your own production of glutathione, then we should be thinking along those lines. How, however, if there is specific things that you're going through, now what does glutathione also help with detoxification, removal of toxins, yeah? So it's an antioxidant and it supports um, the liver to remove toxins, um, which is like a cleansing process um, that, uh, that our body needs to go through. Um, so if you're going through a detoxification process and you're kind of want to support that, then by all means, and if you're struggling with heavy metal exposure, by all means, you know, and you want to support uh, detoxification, go for it. Um, it's not something I would be recommending as for someone to take as a long-term strategy because um, I'd rather think about ways to upregulate their own production that you would, wouldn't need to do as regularly. Can I just say, you've got some incredible equipment in your facility right there, but many people might not have the budget to be doing lots of those things there. So what would you say, what would you suggest is, a, I don't know, a, a good measure without ozone if you can't afford it? 100%. Um, and I think two things here. Um, it depends what you're looking to achieve. So say if you're, if you're just, you know, if you're looking to support um, longevity practice i suppose like just like living healthier um then you can start to work nutritionally yeah so to start to think about okay what can i take in foods wise and then prior to that is my is my digestive tract in a healthy state do i have any signs or symptoms that you know i bloat a lot um, after certain foods or i produce a lot of gas or i get some abdominal discomfort i get reflux if you're getting any of those kind of mild symptoms then you want to be thinking about fixing that before working really smartly on nutrition. You could do that with nutrition, but also just some targeted supplementation um, to fix that as well, right? So that's what that's what I would suggest. Um, so work 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 on that um, uh, work on that first. Um, sorry, we got distracted there. Um, and uh, and then the then. So remind me of the question. My dad just came in and kindly gave me a cup of tea. Thanks. Dad. Yeah, no, that was cool. Um, it's it's just the uh, you know I was you'd mentioned about the ozone, and I was thinking you know people okay, who what might can you do have yeah. access to right. So yes, 
So supporting detoxification, there's things you can do nutritionally um, to support de detoxification. Um, even simple things like um, hot water, lemon, cayenne pepper in the mornings, first thing in the morning. That's that's really that's supposed to, that, that's supporting um, detoxification pathways. Mm -hmm. Intermittent fasting, getting into nature, breathing fresh air, breathing exercises. Um, all of these things. Um, are great free things that you should be everyone should be trying to put into their lives mm. um, um, and uh, uh, to, to improve and I think nutrition we talked about you know um, think of food as a source of fuel um, and if you don't not going to be using the energy then just understand that it's likely going to be turning to fat or going into some form of storage, depending on the type of food, of course. Right. Mm -hmm. So always think of um, food as a source of fuel um, and, and relate that to the time. And then think about kind of foods that are easily digestible. So your gut doesn't have to work extra hard to digest them. Um, and those are usually God made food rather than processed foods. You can start very simple and things that will improve your microbiome um, and are things that are rich in prebiotic types of foods and, leaks and lots of great content out there on that so that will improve the bacterial diversity of your gut which will help in in processing foods generally and producing things like serotonin and happy hormones within your gut um there are other things that people do and recommend like a naturopaths that we've worked with talk about doing like liver and gallbladder cleanses um every now and again and they have protocols to to do that um is that where, is, is 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 that easy for anyone to do is it do you need a big budget for that no no you don't need a big budget for that it's about mm. using certain herbs that stimulate biliary uh, production and contraction of the gallbladder so you can start to clear out the pipes from the gallbladder pipe mm. um, which um, which and little stones can come you know gallbladder stones can be cleared from there and that can be you know that so i would say i would say like you know to summarize like Go through a period of making easy, easy transit of the type of food you eat for your gut. Like, you know, just a nice, clean, God-made diet for a little while. Um, um, and alongside that, think about, is there anything I can do? Maybe some intermittent fasting, maybe some introducing some um, uh, hot lemon water with cayenne pepper um, every morning. Drink a, half a liter of that. Um, drinking water. 500 mils before your meal, 30 minutes before your meal um, to, to, uh, to decrease, especially if you're struggling with overeating. And sometimes we can all do that. <laughs> that can really help with that, right? Yeah. So I would say those are the simple things. And then just like centering, you know, getting to know your own reflexes that sometimes take over you. Um, and I've been there myself that when that stress when that stress reflex gets activated, it can take over the way you think and cloud your judgment and everything. So being more conscious of that is the starting point. Breathing exercises, focusing on your breathing, getting out into nature, um, phone-free time, screen-free time, all of these are evidence-based and necessary in this modern world, right? They're all combined. So yeah. I think those are like some really quick, easy starting points. And you're going to start to notice even just by doing those, just be conscious of how you're feeling, how it changes your state a little bit, how it, your sleep is affected, how your mood is affected, how your thinking is affected. Mm. Yeah. That's great stuff, man. That's great stuff. And you mentioned a few times, a few times about the gut. Well, 
quite a few times about the gut. Yeah, and, sorry, um, the gut. No, it's really important though. It's it yeah. is it is, and it is. I, I actually done a podcast yesterday with a guy called Sean. Oh, what is his surname? Sorry, Sean. Sean is Sean. Let's just call him Sean. Yeah, and um, he's got a book which is called Eat Smarter. Okay, nice. Yeah, it's, it's wow. Like when this podcast is out, definitely have a listen. It truly amazing stuff. Like he's like a proper advanced nutritionist and everything just everything just to do with eating alone. You know, just how yeah. just just everything what what is going in on in the body is just simply through just eating, just, you know, whether it's to do with cleansing or optimizing, just mood change, it, it's amazing. So the gut is such a, an important thing to take care of. What I wanted to ask you was, um, what is the main issue behind gut permeability? What, you know, what, what, what are the main culprits of that? And what is the best way to help to repair that? Great question. So um, gut permeability, let's start with defining it and helping people like, you know, understand what, what it is. Now, the gut is, and when we talk about the gut, I'm, I'm starting from the stomach and including all of that small intestine, large intestine, all the way out to the other side um, in, in reference here. Now, the the uh, function of the gut is to take foods, start the stomach, produce digestive enzymes. The digestive enzymes help to break down the foods into smaller chunks, right? Then it goes through these kilometers of surface area. If you open up the intestines, surface area, and the function of the sur the the surface area of the intestines is to take that slosh, yeah, that broken down food, and to absorb the nutrients out of them. So the food's now been broken down to the core nutrients, the vitamins, minerals, amino acids, ideally. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. the apple or whatever we've eaten has been broken down into its core building blocks. And those building blocks get absorbed ideally through the cell. Right. And the gut wall is only one cell thick. Okay. So what that means is that it's only one cell between the inside of the tube, which contains the slosh, and the blood supply that takes the nutrients out of that cell and delivers it around the body, right? Because ultimately that's what, that's what the digestive tract does. Very simply, the human body is a collection of trillions of cells, right? And we take oxygen from the air that we breathe, goes into our lungs, gets the lungs are wrapped in blood and then the blood extracts the oxygen into the blood, carries it around the blood and delivers it to these trillions of cells that use the oxygen to create fuel. Then at the same time, the second most important part is the digestive tract, which takes food, breaks it down into its core building blocks, goes into the blood, the building blocks. They get delivered around the body to the trillions of cells within our tissues, hair follicle cells, organs, etc. And the DNA in the cell, right, which is held in the nucleus, tells the cell what to do with those building blocks. Yeah, so it unravels and say hey, we need to create this enzyme. Um, you know, I'm a hair cell, so I need to create keratin. And I'm going to need these amino acids and minerals to create it. So then it plucks out those and then it makes, it does any functions from that. All food is broken down to maybe like 50 to 60 core building blocks, yeah? 
Those are vitamins, minerals, amino acids, antioxidants are in there as well. And then we build other stuff up from there. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's very simply how this human body operates, like in terms of its core functioning, why we need air and why we need water and why we need food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now let's talk about the inefficiencies that can arise in the processes of digestion. Now, we were saying that slosh goes down, gets absorbed through that one cell thick membrane in, into the blood. Now, between each of the cells is a junction. And what leaky gut is, is a breakdown of the junctions that hold together those cells. Okay, so those junctions become porous, like a sponge, yeah? Starts to open up. Now, when it starts to open up, food that hasn't been broken down fully by the digestive enzymes, they're still going through a breakdown process to be broken down to the core building blocks, to be recognized by the cell, to be taken through the cell into the blood, yeah? When foods that haven't broken down yet pass through those gut junctions, those cell junctions into the blood, then the blood is like, okay, cool. I don't recognize you, Mr. Apple. Yeah. But I recognize your core nutrients. And when you're broken down, I recognize those. And because I don't recognize you as a whole, Mr. Apple, I am going to try and nuke you. Okay, I'm going to create an inflammatory response. I'm going to create antibodies, like they're talking about antibodies to virus. I'm going to create antibodies to you, Mr. Apple. And those antibodies are then going to go and recognize Mr. Apple. And, you know, every time Apple comes through that broken junction, it's going to drive an inflammatory process. Your immune system is going to become activated. Those antibodies are going to go around your body and they could be manifesting. And this is one of the positive theories around autoimmune conditions, why there's a strong correlation between gut health, eczema, psoriasis, all autoimmune conditions, and rheumatoid arthritis, inflammatory bowel disease, um, that those, those inflammatory complexes, these antibodies are going to go around and go sit in, for example, a skin cell, end up sitting in the skin and drive inflammatory complex cascades there. And that's why you get inflammation in your skin with eczema, right? That's why you know, there is a correlation between leaky gut and also, but it could go in your joints and cause this inflammatory process within your joints and cause a bit of arthritic changes. It could go in um, in your scalp and cause alopecia as an example, right? So this is one of the strong theories that's emerging out of functional medicine of what one of the drivers, that's why leaky gut is important to fix. As you probably know by now, the way to optimal health and fitness is through your gut. It's not what you eat, but it's what you digest that counts. Sometimes the body doesn't make enough digestive enzymes. This can slow the digestion process and lead to parasites and a whole host of issues. This is why I use masszymes. If I eat a steak or a huge plate of food, the last thing I want is for the food to ferment in my gut, increasing my likeliness of pathogens. Because of the aided digestion, masszymes can promote brain health and increased energy too. It breaks down fats, starches, and sugars, as well as proteins. For the ultimate digestive enzyme, reach for masszymes. Check out bioptimizers.com and use coupon code SNIPES10 for 10% off. That website link again is 
buyoptimizers.com and use coupon code SNIPES10 for 10% off. Yeah, because that process is like, a, you know, that is, you know, that inflammatory process is when it manifests in disease. But what if it doesn't manifest in obvious disease? Some people might get the odd rash every now and again. Some people might get a bit of brain fog. Some people might get a bit of joint aches every now and again. They don't, they don't understand it. So I'm not saying it's the only thing that contributes, but it's definitely been seen that we're seeing it with our patients that have autoimmune conditions, that when we start to work to repair and identify leaky gut in patients and, and treat them for it, which I'll come on to in a second, like you know things that you can do to improve and try and provide the environment for those cells to repair themselves, um, those autoimmune or inflammatory conditions go down, right? Mm-hmm. Makes sense? Hashimoto's yeah. thyroiditis is an autoimmune condition where you produce antibodies to your own thyroid, yeah? And it yeah. starts to cause dysfunction of your thyroid. So it's been fascinating. For me, that was like, I remember my first patient applying functional medicine uh, about four or five years ago. Um, I've, I've always been overseen in the way we apply it. So I have the head of uh, functional medicine within the team who's US-based physician, faculty of the IFM. Um, so, you know, in our team, we have like these experts. So the way I see it is like have a consultant, registrar, junior doctor, and then we create, you know, we can, you know, be applying this modern medicine in a kind of more uh, experienced way. Yeah, because the difference between knowledge and experience and experts is experience, right? And I, where I didn't have that experience five years ago, of working in functional medicine, you know, I bought, um, you know, we, we, we built the team out so that we could give our patients that expertise. Um, mm. And, um, and yeah, first patient who had, you know, she was in her mid forties, she was a professional dressage uh, rider, so horse rider uh, by background. And she was doing that till her late twenties Olympic level. Uh, she had, she had two kids and actually she, you know, she was, very public facing and uh, lived a quite a demanding lifestyle. And she was, you know, she, the symptoms she described were, you know, tiredness, brain fog, mood issues, irritability, not massively, but mild, some digestive issues, bloating, seen by some of the world's best physicians in their own right, specialists that under a thyroid physician, endocrine specialist, under someone else, but just couldn't crack it. And at that time, I was talking to her about this new functional medicine that I'd come across and I'd learned about. And she was like, oh, I'd love to give it a go. I've heard about it. So then we started working with her, optimizing her nutrition, doing some more testing. Um, and, uh, and we started to see by giving her the right supplements, addressing some of these imbalances, using some nutritional strategies, not just the biomarkers and the balance of the biomarkers started to improve. So her antibodies started to come down. But more importantly, the way she felt started to improve, less brain fog, more concentration, um, you know, more energy, cleaner energy, um, being able to sleep, have, and that impacted her quality of life. She started training again. She hadn't done that for five years in professional dressage. You know, it was, for her, she was like, almost like, you know, like real profound moments um, where it was like, wow, that was the first patient I worked with uh, five years ago in this, in this way. And I was like, man, I have to double down on this. This is, this is why I became a doctor, right? Like, you know, obviously you can do that in the hospital, you can acutely change someone's life doing surgery and things like that, for sure. And you do that in general practice in many ways as well. But this was really satisfying, you know, like as a GP to be able to, to be able to unlock that for her. Um, 
so yeah, so th that was when I realized the the power of looking at the processes that drive inflammation um, differently. Because when you talk to traditional doctors as GPs about inflammation and the autoimmune response, it's almost like, okay, rheumatoid arthritis is driven by, um, it's an autoimmune, so it's caused by your own body attacking your joints. We don't really understand why and what triggers that and why that fully happens. We have some theories about that. But what we can do, we've, we've developed some amazing drugs, disease-modifying anti-rheumatic drugs um, and some immunomodulating drugs that can calm down your immune system. Right. It's not getting to the root cause of why your immune system is activated. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, tying back to what we spoke about earlier with COVID, remember what we said, it was it's the inflammatory response that's so dangerous with COVID, right? And some people get that. Mm. You know, it's, it's those same clients that are more likely to develop these eczema, psoriasis, got the bloating, these kind of issues, the obesity, the inflammation that, you know, that get the bad symptoms with COVID-19, right? So the inflammation is, is, is the central to that. So I know we went on a bit of a kind of hexagon, started a circle, ended up in like a pentagon. And so we, with your question, because I haven't forgotten your question, <laughs> I've answered like half of it so far. And uh, I think the second half is really important and is like, how do we repair the gut junctions? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And what causes it? So the causes of that is probably, you know, it's thought to be overexposure to processed foods, right? Things that have additives in there, man-made things, overexposure to, pro you know, pro now, pro the cow's milk that's been processed, pasteurized, heavily pasteurized, um, or white bread, you know, staple diet for us in the 90s, right? Yeah. Cereal, milk, bread. <laughs> no? yeah, absolutely. We grew up in, grew up in the flakes. 80s and 90s, man. Like, come on, man. That's what I remember. Hovis was a treat. <laughs> Hovis, yeah, you was lucky. You had Hovis. I had some, I don't, the bread I got, I don't, I don't think it had a name. <laughs> <laughs> Hovis. That's organic, bro. That's like worth five times the price nowadays. Joking. But yeah, man, like exactly. Hovis was a treat in those days. But that's what I mean. Like cereals will pump down milk. Milk is good for you. Milk is good for you. Like overexposure to processed things is more taxing for your digestive tract. And that anything more taxing for it is going to make it wear more, wear down quicker. Yeah. So all of these additives, all of these man-made chemicals, they all need to be processed and they all contribute to the breakdown of the, the junctions between the gut cells. So how do you go about re re repairing it? The good news is that our body is made to self-repair. Yeah. Um, that's how we're designed. It's, it's a miracle. You know, like we're, the, the difference between youth and aging is the fulcrum or point we go to when the pathways that enable self-healing, yeah, we start to go into aging when they, they are outbalanced by the damage that's happening on a day-to-day -day basis. Mm. Yeah. And when I talk about these self-healing pathways, I, I'm, I'm referring back to the regenerative stem cell production from our bone marrow, our detoxification pathways, our own production of antioxidants. You know, these are all, all natural um, self-healing pathways that we have. It's amazing we can cut ourselves and the cut can heal up. But that takes longer as we get older. It scars when we get older when we cut ourselves. Oh, damn. Okay. You notice that, right? 
Yeah, but um, then if you notice that bruises take longer, a little bit longer to resolve. But you know, once you get into your late 30s, mid 30s onwards, you'll notice that um, your sleep also starts to become a little bit lighter. That's fascinating. And you get into mm. your 40s and 50s. Yeah, I know it's and that. You, My sleep is definitely lighter. Right, if there's and, a fly in the room, that's it. My sleep is written off unless I murder that fly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it needs to die. <laughs> Get the shotgun out. Yeah, <laughs> the, po- the pellet gun. I should say in the UK. Um, and uh, but that you know that happens for a reason, and that's why that is you know that contributes. What happens when we deep sleep is when we activate the healing response. It's when our thymus gland produces T cells. It's when our bone marrow releases stem cells. Yeah. So when we're not sleeping, sleeping, deeping, or sleeping, sleeping as deeply as we age, right? We're not getting into those deep stages to drive those self-healing responses. So a a trick, let's think about strategies to drive deep sleep as we get older, because we know that if we get more hours of deep sleep, we're going to be driving those healing responses more, self-healing responses more. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so going back to our ability to self-heal, if we provide an environment that is less taxing for our digestive tract, yeah, for a little while, for a period, and give it some rest and say, you know what, bro, I've got your, I've got your back, yeah, front and back and inside, I've got you on this, yeah, and you, you take it easy on your digestive tract, and you say, all right, I'm not going to be putting so much pressure on you by adding all these like toxic foods for you to digest because, you know, I'm feeling your pain, literally, I'm feeling your pain now. I'm going to go easy on you. I'm going to go have a lighter diet that's God-made, vegetable-rich, you know, not too many, like, having to have, like, stodgy, um, kind of, not too much red meat. I'm going to go easy on you. You know, light foods that are easy to digest for a little while. Chuck in some intermittent fasting. Um, chuck in foods that are going to help produce your own uh, microbiome, prebiotic foods then you're going to start to see that those that gut wall integrity can improve again. The junctions can start to repair. And then you can add in some things like a glutamine supplement, L-glutamine on an empty stomach. Okay. That's really powerful. You can even further aid your digestion by saying, you know what, I'm going to support the gallbladder and the pancreas to produce better, you know, to help produce digestive, I'm going to take a digestive enzyme before my main meal, 15 minutes before, right? This is what we do. So we give our patients, we give them a light diet that works for them according to their lifestyle um, and what they need to produce in terms of energy from their body. We tell them to take a digestive enzyme before their main meal. Um, there's different types, plant-based or animal-based, depend, depending on uh, uh, where we want to be, uh, on them and what we want to be achieving. Um, we give them a probiotic. We see how they respond to that. Um, this is without testing, by the way. Give them probiotic, see, see how they respond to that. Um, if someone takes a probiotic, important for your listeners to know, if someone takes a probiotic and they get more gas, they should stop taking the probiotic and get themselves tested. It could be a sign of small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. If you take a probiotic and you get more gas, Right. Um, so you should stop taking that probiotic. So we give them probiotic. We give them a digestive enzyme before your main meal. Um, and we give them L-glutamine to take on an empty stomach. So the L-glutamine goes into the digestive tract and is one of the important amino acids to help repair the gut junctions. Do that for about four to six weeks and you see vast improvements in more than 50%. Some people need more, some more deeper diving testing to understand it a bit further. Maybe they've got 
fungi overgrowth, maybe they've got parasites, but more than 50 to 60% respond just from those simple four to six week protocol. Mm. Yeah, and that's very simple and easy to do. Yeah, yeah. You know what, I've, I've never taken L-glutamine for gut repair before. I only knew of it uh, as, um, as uh, in, in the bodybuilding world, they say, yeah, have that as uh, almost like as your, as your post-workout, put it in your post-workout shake you know to to help with recovery um, that's that's what i know of it for but not gut yeah. repair so you know it's got multiple yeah. purposes that's pretty that's cool. right yeah that's right yeah and um, just make sure the supplements that you're taking are bioavailable they're nicely good from good sources right you know there's huge variability in supplements um mm. and that and yeah just reputable clean supplements um watch this space well, you know, I've been formulating some amazing stuff for the last couple of years. Yeah, I was, so, I was about to move on to that because uh, I was going to say, yeah, tell us about the supplements. You, you'd mentioned that's what you've been working on recently. Like, what type are you looking at? Are you looking at, like, multivitamins? Are you looking at, for those who are uh, yeah, so, looking to improve their performance? Is it going to be mm. a combination? Yeah, so the whole range is about 50-plus supplements. Wow. Nutraceuticals. Yeah. The medical grade, um, they're made in medical facilities in the US. Um, they're highly bioavailable. They're formulated according to systems, supporting systems. And so, for example, if you've got signs of adrenal fatigue, they're there to support your adrenal glands. If you've got issues with your thyroid, they've got multiple in individual ingredients specifically formulated to support your thyroid gland. Um, if you've got, uh, you know, the leaky gut that's the protocol or the light protocol we'd start you on something like that if you, you know, so we what we wanted to create is not just supplements that sit on your shelf for the rest of your life and we don't believe supplements should be used forever mm. but by definition supplements are a support they're a crutch for you to support you to bring balance back and then you move off them then you use food as medicine lifestyle is you know, food is your uh, food is medicine and lifestyle is your pharmacy Mm, mm. Um, and uh, and so but you can go through different phases of supplementation for supporting different things according to what's going on in your body right yeah. and so that's the baseline of our approach to supplementation of course we have some really cool supplements on top of that to support nootropic health like you know short-term results like liquid glycerophosphocholine really good for people that need a bit of focus you know, take, take a bit of that, that really improves your acuity and focus because it's a precursor to acetylcholine. So some more shorter term acting, um, uh, really unique supplements we also have. Um, so can that's our, that's that? kind of our approach. What's that? Can you stack that with other stuff? 100%, yeah. Yeah, 100%. So I like that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we're, what we're creating is... Um, a system to help you navigate supplements as well. So mm -hmm. help you understand um, when, what do you want to start with going back to that triangle, depending on where you fit in and you're coming into that triangle. Some people coming better health. Some people need to start with the foundation and then going through phases to build your biology back up into, into balance um, so that you can support each of these phases to work the best they can. And the aim is not, 50 supplements for the rest of your life and loads of confusion. No, it's spells of supplements. Right, right. Can I ask, 
you mentioned, yeah, to, so with supplements, it's not something that you should be taking for the rest of your life. But what about something like magnesium? I've heard that that's something that you should constantly take. Why? Forever. Why? Because it's, you know, soil depletion, very difficult to get from food now. That's what I hear from, you know, I don't know, leading experts, you know, biohackers or whatever. No, they are. I mean, this is 100%. Ideally, you test. Ideally, Mm -hmm. you test. Ideally, you test, right? If you're committing to anything to take for the rest of your life, I think it's sensible. Just check your magnesium. And um, maybe, you know, um, and there are, there's obvious like normal ranges and optimal ranges. If some people will sit in an optimal range, surprisingly, they, 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 they have good magnesium. Some people don't, right? So um, I do think, however, there are some supplements that we just don't get very well from our environment um, or some nutrients that we don't assimilate very well. Um, and some that you might, depending on you, might want to you know, be including more regularly things like your omega-3s, maybe a probiotic. It depends on you. It depends on whether you can get those nutrients in through the the environment you live in. Um, And I agree, like urban environments are nutrient deplete, right? Mm -hmm. We were living in in the countryside, eating off the land. We were less likely to need supplements as as often and as much. So I recognize that and I hear that. um, about the kind of need to take uh, some supplements more regularly, mm. uh, for sure. I just don't think that, uh, I think that if you're committing to anything, you can test your omega-3 fatty acids and sick fatty acid profile. There's things you can test to see where you're at personally. You see with your your supplement range, would you have like a questionnaire where, I don't know, you ask people, I don't know, they just fill out things about themselves and then you can uh, recommend based on that you know how much they need without actual testing or would it be yes 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 so the yeah. answer to that is yes so um yes pattern recognition can direct um we're, we're developing that out for for the for the for the website is um pattern recognition taking you through some questions without being like an overcomplicated questionnaire um to help you uh, to help us through our system identify in a safe way where you're at and what you can safely take and what's good to start with for you, right? And then go through kind of a a journey of improving different stages for yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. Makes total. Try to understand where do you come in best? Like Roger, all right, cool. He doesn't need his foundation because he's not, he's fine on ABCs. Digestion sounds good. His metabolism, maybe um, he's showing some signs of environmental toxins. Therefore, we would recommend ABC for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but most people will be down, like, you know, okay, let's, you know, they might be flagging up for the foundation, need for foundational support. That's cool, man. That's cool. Yeah. So trying to work, you know, trying to work out a program that, and we've worked out a really strong program that makes it accessible, is phased, you know, it's sensible. Um, and at any point, people, if they want to know more, they can then go into more depth if they have the means to. Um, and if they had the need to, you know, um, they can go into more depth. And then we can chuck in the ther- therapies. And yeah, and um, I suppose you're right. You're 100% right. You know, like it's, you know, I, 
it's it's a tough one because we became a doctor in a in a public health system where um, you're not used to charging people, right? Like it's, everything is free for the for for the for the for the patient, and and so like it's it's not you know it doesn't but it doesn't feel nice to what have to charge people for healthcare, but it's the reality that you know that we're in because we have, we have it's all private it's all private right all these costs are not covered by the NHS to deliver this kind of innovations these new type of healthcare but the responsibility that we're taking is saying you know we're communicating with the traditional health system and saying hey look these are the case studies that we're we're seeing improvements and you guys you know have a look we're doing a case study series on hyperbaric oxygen long COVID. We're you know, demonstrating how we're improving through case studies um, these autoimmune patients. So the aim is to, to cause a little bit of an awakening, raise some eyebrows and interest that will see them take an interest and say, hey, look, why don't we adopt some of this stuff and run our own pilot? And um, hopefully that will lead to a cascade of uh, adopting these innovations into a, a publicly funded system. Mm. Um, um, hopefully, fingers crossed, man. That's what that's what we're, we're working towards. And then through that, drive down costs, make things more accessible over the next few years. That would be amazing, because at the moment it's like we've got so much garbage which is available. So you like you go into a place like Holland and Barrett, and you pick up some multivits there, and they've got all sorts of garbage in it. You know, even the the EPA and DHA. Um, amount in some cod liver oil is it just doesn't add up you know you get like a um a, a thousand is it a thousand milligrams is it a thousand milligram uh, cod liver oil capsule is it is that's the measurement that's the general standard no I think so. um micrograms huh micrograms i think micrograms yeah yeah or okay. milligrams micrograms Okay, and then um, the 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 EPA and DHA doesn't even add up. It's um, I don't know. It's like hundred and ten each or something like that. And it's like, how does that work out? So it's like the rest is filled up with like rancid oils. So um, yeah, what you're doing there, bringing some real high end quality supplements, uh, almost tailored to the individual. That's the sort of service we need, you know. And hopefully you know if if it can fit everybody's budget that would be also massively ideal you know because it's so unfortunate it's like people who who's more in a in a more financially comfortable position they can take advantage of a lot of the toys that is available for biohacks one of one of my one of my one of the doctors gps i worked with really really um amazing gp uh, Doctor uh, Doctor Ben to the heart. Um, I don't, I'm not sure who will listen to this, uh, but I'll maybe give him a little shout out. But um, he was he was one of my trainers actually when I was uh, training to be a GP in a practice in uh, Poplar, Bow, and um, and uh, his I think his father wrote a book and uh, who's also either a public health physician or a GP, um, and he came up with something called the inverse care law. He coined it himself and basically what it describes is the people that need their care the most get the worst care healthcare when it comes to healthcare the people that need it the most are often the poorest more deprived they have the biggest need but they end up getting the worst care 
um, which is really sad in many ways, but um, I wouldn't say it's universally true because, you know, like Tower Hamlets is an example of that. It's a very, you know, deprived, one of the more deprived areas in London comparatively, but has some of the best physicians and access. You know, it's been, works really hard to, to you know, maintain good access to services, etc. But but you're right. It, the the private sector is where the adoption of innovation happens. Now that is, that's not necessarily a bad thing, you know. You know, um, it's not necessarily a bad thing because the learning has to take place and it has to be applied somewhere. And it's as long as you know us as practitioners and a lot of us practitioners do this are are taking that learning and disseminating it then we're taking the learning that we're working with our evangelists on who are ultimately our evangelists right they're the first people to try working in these advanced ways and see the benefits and we're taking those learnings and sharing it and disseminating it and sparking other people's interests physicians patients consumers raising awareness right and that that that, that is that those all have snowballing effects so I understand it, it's sad. It's just the reality of life, isn't it? Um, yeah. But um, you know the, and that's that's why we, that's why we, uh, that's why we uh, are position had to position ourselves in the way we position ourselves with LMS as a high end brand to be able to recruit and speak to the language of and to be accessible to those that level of client. Mm-hmm. Um, level in a non kind of up and down way just a type of client i should say um that type of client and um and uh, through piloting and and uh, applying these types of innovative medicine and testing and therapies on them over the last five years we've been able to take those learnings and work out the systems to develop to deliver them at now a lot lower price point through non-testing based approach and that will continue you know mm-hmm. as we you know, does that make sense yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. So innovation typically happens um, at the uh, yeah, at the private sector. Yeah. You know, first. Um, All good, man. I mean, like what what you're doing is amazing. Uh, but you, know, it's got to start somewhere. It's just like you know, there's many like people like Dave Asprey, the uh, you know the father of biohacking, as he calls himself. You know, it it kind of it kind of. It, it creates a little, it creates a benchmark for other people to follow along with, with what he does and what you're doing in London, again, creates a benchmark. People come and see what you're doing and they're like, okay, we, we need to do something like this. Maybe not up to this standard, but at least something similar. And as, as you know, it starts to become the norm, it can become a bit more accessible to people. Yeah. And the other thing that's been really nice um, is that through this type of medicine, I've now had like a few athletes approach me uh, to work with them in this way and apply this type of deep data driven approach to their health because it's just not applied in sports medicine very well. And having worked with um, Hamza Shiraz, a fantastic uh, British talent, European WBO welterweight, super welterweight champion. Nice. uh, Very smart young lad with a good uh, good good head on his shoulders and a strong punch <laughs> one two um he's uh he uh, it's been such a pleasure working with with him and um through the last year we've been doing some cool like 
performance and recovery protocols using smart therapies um, and and uh, from which other athletes have now started to kind of join our family and what's nice is that they're willing to share their story you know and they're willing to kind of um, and they are aspirational they are inspirational to, to the everyday everyday public and and so we're hoping by, by doing that and by connecting those dots not just like sharing the anonymized stories of our patients that we've worked with through case studies and traditional routes, but also working with um, athletes who have high-end demands that we can start to inspire and, um, and we can start to speak to more people, young people across different types of people. So it becomes way more inclusive and becomes way more applicable to everyone. Mm. Um, and uh, I became, you know, I was I was appointed the head of medical for the WBC Middle East, um, which is cool. So kind of trying to introduce more safer practice into boxing, um, recovery from head injuries and after fights, do brain mapping pre and post. So it's really, you know, we're we're getting to we're getting to apply some of these um, high end stuff on the athletes learn from that and apply it through a distilled manner onto irregular everyday people. So now what am I doing? I'm doing VO2 max testing as part of everyone for my patients. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone in my patient gets a VO2 max. Now, why is that important for every, everybody? Because they can understand why not? I want to know my lung capacity to see. Yeah. I want to know what I can produce. Now it's not just knowing a number as my lung capacity it's being able to explain to them, like if you, you know, if you can improve, if we can improve your lung capacity, your engine can perform better. When you put your foot down in your accelerator in your car, it can be more responsive and you can go a bit further on that one, on that one gear, you know? Um, So I'm getting, I'm lucky. I'm getting to apply some of these cool testing that are typically only applied to like athletes and stuff now through and now get to apply more regular, regular day people. So when you come in for a consultation with us, that is one of the metrics that we're also looking at on you, the VO2 max, the metabolomic testing markers that you produce from this human body. We put you on a Carol bike, fantastic standard. You've got one of those, got a Carol bike here. Okay. Yeah, we've got a Carol bike. Yeah, so we do, you got to come in, Roger, when you come in post-COVID, we'll go yeah. through a little circuit with you. Um, yeah, we get that recorded as well. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, and uh, we actually did an experiment um, not long ago where we, took a guy, um, uh, a chap uh, called uh, Josh Holland, I don't know if you've heard about him, really smart biohacker, personal trainer, he came, uh, got introduced to me. Anyway, he's got his own carol bike in the US and he got his highest score and he was, you know, he's been using it for a while and he came in, I was like, okay, why don't you come jump on our carol bike? He did it, he got a higher score than he'd got back in New York, so he got his highest score there. Then we put him through a protocol of therapies. We put him through an IV, uh, IV laser, hyperbaric oxygen, cryotherapy. It's called a Superman protocol <laughs> yeah. and, uh, that we put together. And um, in my mind, I didn't want to tell him because I just want to kind of semi-anonymize him. But in my mind, I was always going to put him on the bike at the end just to see what output, because you know, it gives you output scores. Yeah. Um, and so he'd never broken the thousand mark. He's always been around the nine, in the nines, yeah? Mm-hmm. And uh, and then, so we did. We gave him a little upper shot after the uh, Superman protocol, and he went back on the bike again. Bear in mind, you should only do it once in a day, right? They say, 
the Carol bike. Yeah. Um, so we got him back on the bike again, and he broke the thousand score. Like he yeah. went from really? yeah, he improved his performance by twelve percent. But uh, and this was morning. after he had done some other protocols in the yeah, day. Well, with me, yeah. So morning he came in, uh, rested, etc. Got his highest score that he's ever got in the Carol bike. We put him through an IV drip with the IV nutrients, with right. the intravenous laser, you know, how we activate different cellular pathways, focused on red light into his veins, support his mitochondria and green to increase his oxygen carrying capacity. Then we put him in the oxygen chamber, so high pressure oxygen therapy um, to flood his body with oxygen and the cells, which uh, provide energy for each of the cells. Put him in the cryo because that causes the flooding, you know, constriction of your blood vessels and then vasodilation, which causes the flooding of those nutrients to be delivered around all your tissues and cells. So now he's like, you know, been through that quick upper shot, which is our herbal re remedy to stimulate. It's a great pre-train as well, stimulate your mood and give you mild euphoria. Suck him on the bike and he got 12% improvement on his highest ever score that he had in the morning. So, you know, get doing things like that, we want to do, we'll do something like that with you as well, where we can yeah. show you that actually by working in a scientific way with your biology, you can massively increase the performance, right? And that, that obviously, like you said, doesn't apply to everyday people, but it might do, might be applied for someone that, you know, wants to, who's exhausted, been traveling or not traveling and just needs to be on their A game and just get out of their head and, you know, hasn't been sleeping and needs, you know, needs to feel good again. You know, that can be applied to, to that person or the athlete or the high performer or the longevity person. Yeah, so... Yeah, so that's the kind of experimental lab stuff that we do, which is fun. It sounds um, exciting. It sounds so yeah, exciting. And, you know, to find out like where your markers are at with everything and then and then see where you can up your game, that's a really important thing as well. Like, yeah, whether you are an athlete or just your everyday person who just want to live a a flamboyant lifestyle you know you just want to you just want to live better you know right that's it it doesn't even need to be flamboyant <laughs> just needs just needs to be better than yesterday you know yeah yeah that's it, man and uh and it can be yeah it so where be. where do you plan to take all of this what's what's the next step i know bro bro um all honesty man like I, when I was when I when I started the old business i used to have a predefinition of success in my mind as that like, okay and in a year's time, I want A, B, C, D. And that is success for me. And I ended up finding that that being such a stressor for me, that I just, you know, it just didn't bring the best out of me, you know? Mm. And so for me now, I've, I'm, I've defined my success that I don't mind if this doesn't take off and doesn't go anywhere. I'm already happy with the amount of effort I've put in to create this type of healthcare and we're already doing it on people. And I'm happy with that. I'm just blessed and happy with that. And everything else is a bonus. Yeah, of course, I've, I'm setting myself up to take, see, you know, to be able to, you know, like I said, democratize healthcare and um, democratize innovations in healthcare and support a revolution to some sort in uh, this new era of healthcare. But if it doesn't happen, it's okay. It's all good, you know. Mm. Um, that, that is something I've really implemented with COVID is the attachments to um my predefined things of success now i don't I'm, i am successful i am happy you know and it, i don't need to like have x thousand pounds in my account or be earning a, a b c 
And maybe I'm saying that because I'm not married, don't have kids yet, and it'll be different when I when that does happen, right? Yeah. Uh, but for sure, like you know, I, I feel I feel happy. I feel blessed to be where I am, and I feel at a stage where you know what, even if it all goes belly up, I tried. Yeah, that's, I tried. I think where your heart is at, I don't, I shouldn't see that happening. You know, it in, in terms of just just the feeling that I have. You know, you're doing it out of love and passion for your fellow human. Uh, you know, obviously it's a it's a it's a high end facility, but it's it's real love. You know, and yeah, I, I've just got I've just got faith that it's gonna continue to do well, even if it goes through the roller coaster as most companies do. Um, yeah, I, I see that happening. So. Thanks, bro. No, man. Look, thanks a lot for your time. But where where are you located in case anybody needs to get down to your facility and check out all your... Yeah, so I'm currently located, uh, the kind of uh, lab or lounge, or what we call it, is in uh, Chelsea at the moment. Um, And uh, watch this space. We are looking at other uh, moving that potentially the health side into other parts of London. Um, and just yeah, just just watch the space. But for now, we're in Chelsea, sure. um, and uh, you know a lot of the stuff we can do is work. We can work remotely with our, with with people as well. Um, so, um, but it's always nice to come in and get some um, state altering experiences and experience how you can change your state and you know like energy and mood and vitality and experience that because experiencing is believing, and that's why you know I created and designed the center to be such like a you know, so beautiful is to to start people to uh, feel like you know feel inspired as you come in the space. You're like, wow, I've never been to a clinic like this before. Never, like, I, I want to be when want to be part there. of this. You know, yeah, incredible. So you remember we did a little launch party with uh, when Dr. Mark was down and with that doctor, a cardiologist and stuff. Yeah, and it was that was oh, fun. I was like, wow. At first, I <laughs> I thought I was at the wrong location because. I thought it was like a night bar, you know, I thought I was expecting, yeah. I don't know, maybe see some um, half clothed strippers somewhere. And I don't know, like, you know, I was like, where am I? The lights, I was like, you know, but, um, and then I was handed a shot. I was like, okay, I must be at the wrong, wrong location <laughs> to find out that it wasn't the shot that I expected. What was it exactly that was in that drink? It was that like- That was like had different herbs to stimulate. That was an upper shot. So it had like Capicachu, Gotu Cola, uh, Cola Nuts, Rhodiola Rose, Rosemary Cacao, Theobroma Cacao, like six, seven ingredients to stimulate your mood and dopamine system. But yeah, bro, like health should be fun, man. Mm-hmm. Health should start when you're healthy, and when you're healthy, you're usually down the pub, right? So I, went, <laughs> yeah. I wanted to create an environment. That's what that herbal, herbal bar concept was all about. Is like create an environment where you know we can help people realize that you can change your state. You know, we're all scientists in some shape or form. You know, we drink different types of alcohol to experience different types of effects and different amounts at different times, um, and different drugs to do different things to us. And we, you know, but we can do that using plants and natural herbs and um, in tincture that are in their whole form and safer, more beneficial without the downside and toxicity and processing, you know, so we can get more energy, we can get mild euphoria, we can get, you know, even libido improvements, you can get, like, you know, mood improvements. Awesome. So that's what that herbal bar was about, is like, you know, giving people an experience to realize they can change their state. 
Um, and that's where I came up with that concept. And then you go downstairs. I've got a DJ booth there as well. And I've got my decks there. <laughs> Wicked. I'll make some noise. Literally, it's noise right now. <laughs> and uh, it sounds like binaural beats when I get on the decks at the moment. <laughs> um, but then you go downstairs and you've got the lab and you've got this like, super cool, um, you know, like massive hyperbaric oxygen chamber that just you look at it and it's got green lights on the inside you're like man i just want to go inside don't care what it does to me you know <laughs> rather than like a, you know a claustrophobic a claustrophobic chamber this is what i mean i'm blessed to have been able to create that because mm-hmm. you know that if you're if you're a businessman and if i was if my business was run by you know finance people i would go to them and say hey boss like i want to invest in this machine and they'd be like, no, just get the cheaper one because you can't charge any more for the big one. You know, just get the cheaper one. Mm. But, but boss, I, I can, you know, it's more of an experience. Listen, mate, who controls the numbers here? You know what I mean? Like, it's going, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. What are you talking about? It's a numbers game, you know? And this is where, like, you know, what I wanted to create conceptually is a, a, is a great experience that grew up. And that's why we invested so much in, state-of-the-art like hyperbaric multiple person oxygen chambers where you're not going to get claustrophobic cryotherapy that goes down to minus 140 coldest in the uk you know this horrible yeah meditation pods yeah right and right and because yeah i want more people to engage with it because health should start when you're healthy and like if you if you're doing things from when you're healthy you're gonna you're gonna keep your self-healing mechanisms on par with the inflammation and the, the processes that cause damage. So you're not going to go down this aging pathway as quickly internally. Um, yeah. So that's, that's, uh, that's, that's it. And that is a space of the clinic behind me of the one in Chelsea. Beautiful. Um, I think we were standing back there getting jolly on the upper shots. Yeah. I, had quite last a few of those. I was like, yeah, hit me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then there was some cocktails going around. I was like, this is the life. Uh, we missed, missed those days, huh? Yeah. That was yeah. just before COVID, a couple of months, few months before COVID. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. And you yeah. had like a great, a great circle of people there as well. Like there was one guy that created an app, which was for, um, it was like some sort of food app where you can choose the restaurant in accordance with whatever type of diet you have. That's right. Yeah, he was working. I think it's called Food Styles uh, by Jacob, yeah. Food styles, I think it was. That was amazing. I think he yeah, only he's been had working a beta that. version on that. Correct. Yeah. It was, it was phenomenal. I was like, dude, it's such no a great thing. idea and concept, and he's been working super hard on it with his team. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be, yeah, wishing him luck on that. Yeah. Because yeah. you know, great idea. It would be so, so relevant. Yeah. Um, and but yeah, yeah there's some cool people there. There's some yeah. cool people there. Mm. We had Mark from the US. We had a couple few doctors in managed to get some doctors in to try and like, you know, get exposed to this. And it's always funny getting doctors into the space, right? Because they're partly like, what the hell am I in? What is this place? <laughs> and you get some that really get, wow, like, I want to be a part of this. That I just have, and you, you, you instantly can see where people have been, where, where people's mindset when it comes to health, how open-minded they are. Um, or how indo- you know indoctrinated in traditional medicine they are, or where they sit on that spectrum, um, whether they're seeking to understand things more and seeking to work at the science level rather than uh, you know, and that's where we're working, or or not, you know. And um, 
so it's always cool i always like to bring doctors in everyone invite them in and just like i just see their see their faces as they go through it it's like ozone what you what hyperbaric what you that just no no this is this is nonsense this is this gotta be crazy doc you're crazy you know like you get that that kind of response as well that's real and uh, what can you do man and um this is uh but yeah you just gotta keep keep you know keep um keep uh, helping these people understand by going back to the science, the role of it and showing the evidence. But then you get others that are like, who really well read and they're like, yeah, I, I know this works massively in tissue healing. So I can understand why, did, why wouldn't this work in reducing inflammation and other stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you, you have a, a sister as well, right? I have two. I have two. Sister. Yeah. So I started LMS with, actually my sister started LMS in medical aesthetics. Uh, she's a cosmetic dermatologist. Uh, dual board certified UK US um, and uh, she wanted to bring a new flavor to aesthetic medicine and this was back in five six seven years ago when no one was really doing it that much and there was no medispa concept here in the UK she was she trained a bit in the US and she's you know it was actually through that that I realized how you can by understanding skin aging we decided to devise protocols to reverse skin aging by understanding what happens at a cellular level with skin but understanding our hair follicles age and go through hair growth phases, we started to create protocols to intervene if you started to show signs of aging within the hair, you know? So that was it. It's like, wow, like our body's super responsive. If I do the micro needling and use, and use tretinoin cream and vit- you know, vitamin A's and E's and stuff, and this is how we can uh, uh, change the behavior of your skin. It re- responds. And I wanted to apply that um, then to the internal processes that cause aging. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, so so what we're deciding to do, and that's why part of the reason why um, I'm creating the new brand is to take LMS Health and rebrand it towards the new brand that we're launching in a couple of weeks. It's going to be called Human uh, HUM. I should have done a drum roll. <laughs> that's for more for myself. Yeah, a little drum roll. Woo! <laughs> 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 Uh, it's called Humans, a H-U-N, 2-N. Um, we're, we're, keep an eye out for it. We're, uh, we're going to be launching that in a couple of weeks, uh, the pre-launch. And, um, and yeah, let the fun and games begin on that side, yeah. Can't wait, man. Can't wait. We, we definitely got to hook up once all this COVID malarkey is finished. Then um, I'm coming down. I'm going to take some more uppers and yes, uh, you show me around the facility. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> for sure, for sure. And uh, and uh, we'll go through a little biohacking protocol. That we yeah. We, we should do that. So Superman, see, get some, quant- you know, some objective markers beforehand and some objective markers afterwards. Maybe we'll do the VO2 max pre and VO2 max post on you. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see what that's at. I'm, I'm doing cyc- cycling quite frequently, so it's a lot better than how it used to be. I'll be interested to see where I'm at there. So let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. Let's put it in the diary. (laughs) Okay, so where can people find you? Uh, I know you're on Instagram, but just uh, take me through that again. What's your Instagram handle? It's uh, bydoctor.e, so at bydoctor.e. And then um, find the clinic, um, so that pre-mid-feb at lms.health, post-mid-feb at hum2n. Um, and uh, obviously also on LinkedIn 
and some other stuff. I think we're on Facebook. I'm, I'm myself, I'm not on Facebook, but I think um, the, the business is. LMS. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, please feel free to stay in touch. We're on Twitter, Clubhouse as well, I think. Um, Clubhouse. Okay. Just Clubhouse recently, yeah. But I'm, again, like, you know, I haven't ma- managed to get into it, but it's looking like it's going to be uh, a lot of people talking about it, which is great. Yeah. Are you not in there yet? I'm in there. Oh, okay. Um, are you in there? You must be. Yeah, yeah, I'm in there. I've, I've been in there a couple of times, but I've just been too mm. busy to hop in there. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's another. Yeah, it looks cool. It's another one to kind of learn about, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And uh, I think, you know, every dog has its day. And I think, uh, I don't know, um, I, I just don't see like Instagram and Facebook forever dominating the way we communicate things, you know? Mm-hmm. I think it's definitely, you know, going to stick around for a while, but um, especially with the this new WhatsApp thing that they're talking about, the ability of Facebook to kind of take your data um, mm. and sig- the rise of Signal and other <laughs> messenger apps. And it's interesting, you know, like where is this? And maybe, yeah, so... I don't know. Let's see what happens, man. See what the future will take one day at a time. Exactly, my friend. Exactly. Yeah, but we know that the, you're going to be here on the Spotify, on uh, the podcast. What was that? Apple Podcasts. We know where yes. the podcast Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Mm-hmm. And uh, where else? Uh, SoundCloud. SoundCloud, um, nice. There's another one called Stitcher. Oh, nice. Stitcher is supposed to be a big one. I was on that a bit late until I heard loads of people talking about it. I was like, all right, let me uh, sign up to Stitcher. So I'm on there as well. Google Podcast, YouTube as well. Well, that's not an audio, but yeah, in case people want to see the video. <laughs> nice. So this will be you... on YouTube as well. Yes, that's right. I'll put this video on YouTube. Yeah. Indeed. So um, do you have a podcast yourself? No. No, no, no Something no. worth doing. Yeah, maybe. I mean, look, there's only so many hours in the day, right? And um, I'm trying to, you know, be conscious of balance as well. And, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Um, and, uh, and yeah, like, you know, that's why I haven't really, I haven't really hugely spent a huge amount of energy profiling myself. I really just want to kind of build the system and the delivery of like really high quality care. It's obviously necessary in this day and age. So it's that balance of trying to strike, um, but once I'm like, you know, happier with everything in the system and the new business up and running, I'll probably get some of my messages out there for sure, um, out there a bit more. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so, um, but yes, for me, it's about kind of like the 10-year plan, which gives me a bit of time where it takes the pressure off. Yeah. I keep reminding myself, yeah, look, it's 10 years, don't worry. Like, like <laughs> Go on holiday to Brazil for a couple of weeks, it's fine. You know, take your parents away, go for a week. It's all right, man, take Sunday off go for long walks with your friends and family. You know, like that stuff to me has been such a game changer for me, bro. Honestly, massive, massive for me to um, start to reconnect with people that I want to reconnect with, my cousins, my friends, my family, that I'd let, you know, you can get into this entrepreneur mindset and you can just lose that human connection with people. And happiness really does come from human connection, man. And um and uh, I've been that so, you know, that the entrepreneur was single that just ended up like, you know, projecting myself value from my business. Um, I've been there and this uh, an unhealthy place to be. So I'm glad now I can be a bit more detached from the success of my business as to derive myself value and to just like, you know, uh, 
spend more time, make more time for my loved ones, you know? Yeah, very important. That's good, man. That's really, really important. I, I definitely second that. Time with loved ones is everything and human connection. I've been trying to connect with old friends, but I don't think everybody understands the value as much as many others. Like yourself and me, some people don't really get it. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a subject for another time. <laughs> but look, Mo, it's been absolutely yes. fantastic, my friend. Always gold. I just want to get down to uh, LMS and uh, yeah, just play around in, in the playground. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> There's, there's uh, I can't wait to have you'll be there. Though. You're you're on the you're on the guest list, bro. Don't worry. The first party that comes up. Wicked. Like it. Yeah, bro, like we're it. gonna do that. Yeah, I can't wait. Um yeah, I can't wait to see you too, bro. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to my rants, everyone. If you're still here, I'll be very surprised. <laughs> <laughs> and good on you for staying. <laughs> or maybe you just like switched off for half an hour for maybe just catch the catch the tail end. Um but uh, thank you for listening. <laughs> Oh, um, I know I can go go off on a rant from time to time. I'm reminded very often by that uh, by my friends for that. So, uh, <laughs> Roger, thanks for your patience with me today, bro. It's been brilliant. No, seriously, I- I'd love to have chat. That's one of the reasons why I set up a podcast so so I can just chat, chat for fun. And this has been great. So awesome, bro. You're Until soon, job, man. man. Take care, bro. Thank you for tuning in today's episode. Any guests which I have on the show really provide some golden nuggets and useful life-changing tips. So always feel free to check out their social media platforms or website links, which will be written in the show notes. These shows are financed by my sponsors, so your contributions are always greatly appreciated. Any clickable links with discount codes will not only provide you with the best services, but will help out the podcast too. So thank you. If you do like the Roger Snipe Show podcasts, then why not give it a review? A five star would be awesome, but some great feedback on what you liked about the show or what you would have liked to hear would be helpful too. Until next time.